0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Rich John's save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got Top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Turner, around Morgan by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh wins the
0: game. My message today is we're trying to win. What
1: score? We are
0: trying right circle. No risk, no Action. This is NHL Overtime! This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is oh, This is Leon Draisaitl. This Hiddle. is from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge
1: savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X Z-A. Now, Bob Stauffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 Shed.
0: everybody bob Stauffer joining you from the city south side this is oilers now along with brendan escott and cody jensen back at the 630 Chad studios hope you're having a fabulous friday to close out the uh, week of course it's mother's day on uh, sunday don't be afraid to make a preemptive strike in that regards uh and a reminder places like safeway and save on have flowers too so you can check it out get on it early and make it happen uh score some points in your uh, household and uh you know You don't just buy yourself a card, buy cards for your kids as well and I've learned all of these lessons the hard way. All right, this is Oilers Now. We're going to have some fun today. I hope you're having a, a, a good day overall. we got a lot to get to coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now. That song takes me back. Jeez, I'm I'm trying to think of what year that was actually a theme song for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. Might have been around 1991, 92. More on that in a second. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. fire at lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated to place to buy Office IT and Supplies. Uh, coming up on today's show, first half hour, we're going to get into NHL today for elite promotional marketing. We'll have our top story for Gray Rock Exteriors, and we'll go into the Orders Now Audio Vault and hear comments from Brian Burke and John Shannon. Uh, the Orders Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear. And then... Elliot Friedman from NHL hockey on Rogers at twelve thirty five today. At one hundred five, the WHL coach of the year, Brad Lauer from the Edmonton Oil Kings. He was named the Western Hockey League's coach of the year yesterday. One hundred fifteen from the Athletic Edmonton, Jonathan Willis, longtime uh, writer, uh, blogger uh, on the Oilers, and he's written a piece sort of doing a comparative analysis on Connor McDavid, vis a vis, the other sort of generational star players their first five years in the NHL. And then my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels, from the Oilers Radio Network, will have an animated conversation on uh, a multitude of topics coming up. Here's how you get a hold of us. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 Like most businesses, the River Cree remains closed by the pandemic, but they'll be back up and at them. Over 1,350 slot machines and 40-plus table games when the province opens up again. River Cray Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley, Fine floors ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Back in the 6.30 Chad Studios is Brendan Escott. Hello, Brendan. How are you doing? Not too bad today, my friend. How are you doing? Good. That was a quick turnaround on your part. We had some uh, behind-the-scenes, you know, it's sort of like the proverbial ducks that are floating in the water and kicking up a storm underneath the water so nice work getting that turned around and getting us up and going
2: yeah so. i appreciate that i tell you what i went to the engineering department and i said i'm tired of asking you guys so teach me how to fix this and they did just that so we should be smooth sailing knock on wood here on out all right let's go to today's top story it's brought to you by gray rock exteriors mother nature wreaks havoc on your home
0: book your free no obligation inspection today visit grayrockexteriors.ca bob underscore Stoffer. that's my twitter account i got a couple of tweets in the last uh, i don't know 24 to 36 hours. Bob, are you hearing anything about Yessa Pogliarvi for Leas Anderson? Anderson was the seventh overall pick the 2017 NHL draft. Uh, Poliarvi fourth overall in 2016. Anderson yet to establish himself uh, as an NHL player. And in fairness to Poliarvi Pogliarvi's basically had two full seasons in the NHL before playing this past year in Finland for Karpat. Anderson had a pretty good goal late in the year in Sweden. Uh, but I do not believe that the Edmonton Oilers would look at that as a straight-up deal. Like there'd be concern about Leah Sanderson's foot speed. Uh, I'm not sure he's dynamic enough to play in the top nine, and I, I know there's a lot of people out there that uh, really like Yesa Pugliarvi, and I would say at minimum he can probably play as a third-line NHL winger. The only question is... Uh, Will his game translate to working his way into the top six? But he remains a six foot four right shot prospect who's only 22 years of age. Um, I would think that the Edmonton Oilers would want more, uh, for Yesa Arvey than Leah Anderson. Now, if you're talking a couple combinations of some picks, maybe you're talking, a, you know, a, a potential. But to me, Leah Anderson's going to probably end up being a fourth line center in the NHL. I could be completely wrong, but if you take a look at his career trajectory, Uh, not exactly lighten it up in North America. That's today's top story brought to you by Gray Rock Exteriors. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no obligation inspection today at grayrockexteriors.ca. So we do this day in Oilers history. How did I possibly miss? Oh, okay. I know why I missed it. Uh, I thought I had the wrong year there. Back in this date in 1992, one of the under- Heralded Oilers teams of all time. Uh, and maybe that was just a bribe product of the fact that they won five cups in seven years and the 91 and 92 crashed out in the conference final. They got to those conference finals on fumes. By 1992, none of the Oilers' six Hall of Famers were left on the team, okay? So uh, you had a situation where Grant Fuhrer was gone, Bill Ranford was the number one goalie. Paul Coffey obviously traded in eighty seven and the deal that netted Edmonton Craig Simpson back. Uh, Wayne Gretzky traded in 1988. Curry was gone uh, by the 92 playoffs. Both Messier and Anderson moved in the fall of 1991. And that 1992 Oilers uh, team, for me, a little bit under, underrated by many, including their top line called the pipeline, which combined for 57 points in the playoffs that year. Bernie Nichols at center, Vincent Domfoos, who requested a trade that offseason, and Joe Murphy, who was an enigmatic player, to say the least, finished with 24 points in 16 playoff games and appeared to be on the precipice of stardom. He'd scored a hat-trick in Game 3. The Oilers, on the state 28 years ago, ended up uh, winning 3-2. Scott Mellenby, who only had two playoff goals that year, ended up getting uh, left for the expansion draft a uh, a little while later. Uh, Mellaby got the actual game winner, but the Oilers were able to win in six against the Canucks before. They got routed against Chicago, but they were a banged-up group. Uh, Craig Simpson, sort of the one holdover from their top six, him and Tickenen, I guess. Uh, Craig Simpson was hurt. He he missed a lot of that playoff year. Norm Kiver, who was a good puck-moving defenseman, was out as well. I know I tweeted out the entire lot. Like, the Oilers had Tickenen playing with Buckberger and McTavish on their third line. Uh, Anatoly Seminoff, who I always liked, uh, very competitive russian player not afraid to mix it up stick his nose in it you know he was i think he was centering peter klima during the course of that series they had jelina down on the fourth line and, and that was interesting because of course the edmonton owners were in a position where graves murphy and jelina were the kid line in the 1990 playoffs but on this day 28 years ago edmonton beat vancouver 3-2 to go 3-1 up in the series they ended up winning the series in six games, including winning game six at home at the Coliseum by a score of 3 nothing. It's always fun looking back on past teams. I'm going to total curveball here for the listeners right now. Let's see what you got, okay, as we take a little bit of a trip down memory name. Uh, name the expansion franchise, the 79 expansion franchise, that had seven players with 70 or more points, seven forwards, with 70 or more points in 1981-82. This team had seven forwards, 70-plus points, expansion team. They went three rounds in the playoffs that year, so now you know it's not Edmonton because the Oilers got eliminated in the 81-82 playoffs by the Kings. This team also had the last two scoring champions in the World Hockey Association. A little known fact, Wayne Gretzky did not lead the WHA in scoring the last year of the WHO. The team, again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Brendan, you want to jump in here? You want to guess on which expansion team was loaded up front that had the last two scoring champions out of the uh, World Hockey Association?
2: Oh, You know what, I'm trying to think of teams, and the Winnipeg Jets are the only ones that jump out in front, but I don't think that they would have had that kind of firepower and they didn't have that kind of playoff success, the Quebec Nordiques. Really? The Quebec Nordiques knocked
0: off the Canadians and then won in uh, Boston, and they, they won in Montreal in Game 5, won in Boston, in Game 7 in eighty-one, eighty-two. They had 70, 70-plus 70 scores, uh, including Peter Stastny, who was a terrific player. I think he had about 139 points that year. Anton and Marion Stastny, uh, Michelle Goulet, who still is an NHL scout, one of the great guys that we see on the road during the course of the year. Dale Hunter, who is a hard-nosed, dirty, second-line center. And then the last two scoring champions of the World Hockey Association, Riel Buddy Kluche and Mark Tardif. And Riel Kluche, for the listeners that don't, this guy was a good player. And he actually, it's kind of a strange stat, finished better than a point per game in his NHL career, had over 300 points, but he never got to the 400-game mark. I mean, that's pretty hard to do. So he had a precipitous uh, drop-off, but had four or five years. He came out of, uh, I believe, the Quebec Ramparts and lit her up in the WHA and and was really good his first three or four years in the NHL and just went uh, down the proverbial you-know-what. But uh, anyhow, uh, we have lots of extra time right now. Obviously, with no current NHL action, we'll talk to Elliot about the feasibility of there being some nhl action uh moving forward of course we're living in a COVID 19 pandemic world and i was taking a look at that 92 Oilers team and watching a little bit of video then i came across the nordiques in 82 and i'm like you know, i forgot how good those guys were like they were a talented. they got smoked by the islanders by the way in the third round of the playoffs but that was when the new york islanders were at their absolute height uh the islanders then took out the vancouver canucks i mean the new york islanders won 19 straight playoff series they're pretty good until Edmonton dethroned them in the 1984 Stanley Cup Championship. All right. Um, each day, and, you know, we'll have ongoing COVID-19 pandemic uh, coverage throughout the course of the day on 630, Chad, and on global news. Uh, I know we've mentioned this guy in the past. His name is Eric Weinstein. is uh, a mathematics, uh, basically a genius from Harvard, And is involved with Thiel Capital. Uh, Thiel is one of the, uh, well, he's a billionaire. And he's part of what's called the intellectual dark web. And there was something that I came across today. And I'm just going to read a tweet that kind of made me think about something. The odd story of both testing and fatality uh, attribution over the past months has served to inflate Numerators and minimize infection denominators. That's part A. Part B says that has had the effect of increasing compliance and decreasing questioning of drastic measures. And then the question that he asked from that was was B the point of A? I'd suggest if you want maybe an alternative way to look at things. And want to come across a guy who has a – he was on the Joe Rogan podcast about two weeks ago, and I think there's four or five million people that have seen it right now. Weinstein goes on to say, I should say that my experience in public health circles is that people attracted to the field are both quite well-meaning and scary. It works backwards from science thinking, what what would we have to tell the public, and how could we coerce them to do the things that we needed to do? A lot of, hey, you you look at what's happened here in Alberta and in Edmonton over the last four days, 2,800 tests, just three positive tests. Edmonton down to about 8% of the province's total uh, COVID cases, under 80 active cases. There's been a lot of negative news on COVID-19 more negative news today out of Quebec. I mean, Quebec is in a tough spot. They're up to 2,700 deaths now out of the 4,400 deaths in Canada. Edmonton at 12 deaths. I think we read yesterday Montreal was at 1,666. So I know a lot of you have been been bombarded with sort of negative energy around this thing. I'm not saying there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we gradually might see some opening up uh, with the economy. I've got a lot of friends in the restaurant business. I swung by Rebel today or yesterday to see some guys. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be really intriguing to see how they get some of the back house people back and how many people are actually going to go out if they open up, uh, you know, restaurants and bars and that sort of thing for, say, limited seating. Actually, I'd like to know. You're going to go? Text us at 780 496 0063. You're going to go back, like Brendan, I'll throw this your way. Would you be afraid or intimidated to go out if they uh, allow people to start frequenting, uh, you know, establishments where maybe you do have a little bit of separation between you and the next table?
2: Yeah. You know what? As long as there is, there's some guidelines to adhere to. I'm a happy, healthy 25 year old guy. So, you know, if I don't feel like I'm putting anybody else at risk, this is where it's going to be, right? Is that a selfish decision? Well, it's going to be, you know, the jury out on that, but I, I would, I would definitely go out and test the waters.
0: Yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be really interesting. Again, the numbers from the province of Alberta, uh, the uh, there's just over I think off the top of my head I think there's like 112 deaths now in Alberta. Uh, the average age of death has actually gone up to 83. So 83, that's the average age of death for COVID-19 in the province of Alberta. And again, the last time I could check a life expectancy was the 2017 year, and they said the average age of death in Alberta was 80. Kind of puts things a little bit in perspective. Again, it's a serious thing. You're allowed to have different perspectives on it. Weinstein has a very interesting perspective on it, one that uh, lots of people uh, – might might agree with out there let's go in our orders now audio vault for direct workwear where safety meets savings in edmonton fort mcmurray and online at directworkwear.com throughout the entire course of this for canadian power pack brian burke has been seemingly a realist in terms of where the is at and uh, yesterday elliot friedman reported you know could see maybe a change uh elimination of regular season games here's what brian burke had to say if the players do indeed come back and if we're allowed to jump start the nhl season
1: What's the ideal scenario, which is finish the regular season? That's the most equitable. That truly determines playoff standings and draft positions and so on. I don't think there's any way in hell we're playing those games. It's just not going to happen. I think you bring that many teams, 31 teams, 31 buildings, all that travel, I don't think it's happening. So now, what's your next best thing? Which is what Elliot's uh, opining about, which would be, let's do uh, an expanded playoff and include the bubble teams. And we'll put 24 teams in just this year only. We'll play a couple of play-in type games, maybe two out of three. We'll pick some sites. We'll work out of four sites. I think that's even too much. And I think the third way would be, okay, regular use winning percentage, just use the 16 playoff teams that we're in on the day of the pause. And I think... Even that's too ambitious with 16 teams. So what I think they're going to come to by process of elimination is eight teams. Really? My name is on the Stanley Cup. I could live with that. That's three rounds. That's three rounds. You still have to win. And you could even do a best of five in the first round. This is my prediction of what it will come to. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope Elliott's right. But the logistics of testing, quarantining, feeding, sterilizing, all at the 20, for 24 teams, I think logistically it's going to prove too much.
0: That is Brian Burke joining us on our Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort Burry, and online at directworkwear.com. As we go into NHL today for elite promotional marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time, every time, elite promotional marketing. And today, the province of Ontario, their Minister of Heritage, Sport and Tourism and Culture Industries, Lisa McLeod, announced that all professional teams in the province are permitted to reopen their respective practice facilities. However, that doesn't change anything for the Leafs of the Sens or the NHL as a whole because the league has not allowed teams to progress to phase two in its return to play protocol.
2: Elsewhere, Here's Brendan Escott. Well, and just to add to that, that's exactly right, Bob. And now it's basically been turned over to the leagues and the powers that be there to decide the fairness of who's going to be able to train when and how and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, uh, leading the topic this week was Brendan Leipzig. He was waived today for the purpose of contract termination by the Washington Capitals after those screenshots surfaced. Washington was his sixth team since being drafted in 2012. The U of M Bisons also released his brother Jeremy Leipzig sick from its men's hockey program. He was involved in that group chat. The Habs signed top prospect Alexander Romanov to a three-year entry-level contract today as well, Bob. He was plus 21 in 43 games in the KHL as a 20-year-old last year, was taken 38th overall in 2018, was a stalwart for Russia at the 2020 World Juniors.
0: And uh, U of A makes an official Dylan Plouffe, a defenseman from these parts, will uh, play at the University of Alberta, finish up with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, I think there's a pretty good defenseman out of Red Deer that might end up at the U of A as well. Twelve twenty-six in Edmonton, Elliott Friedman coming up at twelve thirty-five. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.